This episode of Things Cooks Know is brought to you by Squarespace. Start building your website today at squarespace.com. Enter offer code REALSIMPLE at checkout to get 10% off. And by The Great Courses Plus. The Great Courses Plus is a video learning service where you can find wonderful courses about cooking, history, music, science, almost anything you're interested in. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash cooks to get started. I'm Sarah Humphreys, the executive editor of Real Simple, a busy stepmother of two, and an amateur cook who loves to cook, but has lots of questions. And I'm Sarah Karnasevich, the food editor of RealSimple.com, a professional cook and a working mom who tries to give you all the answers. Welcome to Things Cooks Know, the weekly podcast where Sarah Kay shares insider advice and secrets that people like me and like you can use in our own kitchens. And on our own birthdays, because today we're going to talk about birthday cakes. And of course... I mean, we have to make our own birthday cakes, right? Like, Pretty much. Who does that these days? Well, listen. I mean, if you, if you want something done right, you do you it yourself, do it, yeah. right? I mean, unfortunately, that is that is true in life. So, you know, it was my birthday a few days ago. Happy birthday. Thank you. And, like, I basically ignore it. You know, I'm old enough to ignore it. I don't really want to deal with it. I don't care about a party. I don't care. I really don't care. But there's, like, this one thing that I so care about on my birthday, and it is my birthday cake. And I request the same cake every year. I think I've been having it for my birthday every year without fail since I was probably at least 13, maybe 12. It is the Wayland Bakery birthday cake from Wayland Bakery in Providence, Rhode Island. And it is like the most classic birthday cake I think you could ever have. Like it's white cake, yellow Mm -hmm. cake, white frosting, and it has heavily frosted buttercream and it has these super saturated bright vibrant frosted flowers and do you make sure you get flowers on your slice absolutely yeah. <laughs> all around the edge though so like you're pretty much guaranteed a flower oh, as long generous. as your slice is yeah. wide enough like when someone asks for a sliver and they're not getting a flower but like for me i always get like a centered flower i love it so my, my parents call it crunchy cake because it's got so much sugar in it and the frosting <laughs> that literally it's like you it's like it, it's like eating sand or grit cake but i I always request it. So do you get it, you you have it brought to you from Rhode Island? Well, yes, I do, actually. Yeah. The um, way my birthday works is, is a lot of the times, for some reason, either I'm going up to Rhode Island to visit my parents or they're coming down to see me. And um, and they came this weekend. And I said the one thing, please, 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 will you please bring me <laughs> a Whalen Bakery cake? And they did. So I have a, I, I really have a, a, a passion for this cake. I love it. But it is nothing fancy. <laughs> I, well, and what you about know what? you? A great birthday cake doesn't need to be fancy. No. Although I did have, I have some. There was a moment in my life. So I used to work at a food magazine called Sever, an excellent magazine. And well, maybe like a year into my time there, we did this story on this famous bakery in Vienna called Demel. Okay. And they make like ridiculous cakes. So while the, the magazine was working on this story, our test kitchen was making these incredible confections and cakes. And one of the things they made, I've never been to this bakery in Vienna, by by the way. The only way I know anything about them is from this story. But I had this cake that the Test Kitchen made that was seriously the best thing I'd ever tasted. Like I wanted to stick my whole face in this cake (laughs) and never take it out. It was this gorgeous 
sort of rum-spiked layer cake with this, like, creamy, custardy filling and then this toasted meringue frost. It was insane. I mean, it was like princess. It was like a cake for a princess. Yes. And it ha- I think it was around my birthday time of year when they were making this. And I seriously was like, I kept taking pieces of this cake from the kitchen and I made them promise. I was like, will you, for as long as I work here, will you please make me this cake for my birthday? Like, this is the only cake I want for my birthday for the rest of my life. And then you left in and then I left. <laughs> But seriously, like, I still think about that cake. And now, obviously, like, I'm never going to have that cake again. No one in the world is ever going to make me that cake. But it is, if I were to have, like, my greatest birthday fantasy, that is the cake that lives on. Now, let's reality, bring you back to reality. Yeah, the reality is, like, usually it's, like, Fudgy the Whale or some other Carvel cake. Not to knock that. <laughs> yeah. Did you grow up with having those? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Especially at like birthday parties. Oh, yeah. Everybody had them at birthday parties. You get like a hot dog. Right. And then the slice of Carvel cake. Yeah. And I'm a summer, I mean, I was. I have a summer birthday. I'm a June baby. So, I mean, for kids' birthday parties, I feel like that was ubiquitous. And then also the, my mom, I mean, my mom made cakes too, but often there were strawberries involved, which was great. I love a beautiful, like, sort of vanilla spongy cake with white frosting and strawberries on it that I could eat every year too. So that's a little bit more more realistic than my Viennese confession. Right, right, yeah. right, right. <laughs> well, I, I mean, I do think about Carvel. My brother, I think I knew my, my little brother, who's not that little, but I knew that he was, he had met the woman he was going to marry when he called me. Oh, you sent a, he texted me a picture and then he called me and he's like, check out your phone. And for his birthday, he had been talking to her, this his girlfriend, about his favorite cake, and it's a fudgy the whale. Mm-hmm. And they live in Boulder, and I'm not sure if they couldn't find one, or she just she she's like a, she's they're both very into food, or if she just decided to make it herself, but she made him a fudgy the whale. That is true love. That's true love. My version of it is when I was dating my now husband, I said to him, "What do you want for your birthday? What kind of cake? Because I love to bake." I was getting excited. He's like, "Uh, I really just want a Carvel cake." And I sought out, like, one of the only remaining Carvel stores in Manhattan, which happens to share the same space with a Subway sandwich shop, and was, like, incredibly disappointed with what happened. Oh, no. Um, and anyway, but it, people love the Carvel cake. I say from and now on— And you can on, get them in the grocery store now. And they're but, so yeah. much better. Like, just do that. Stick with the frozen ones in the grocery store. They're, like, a million times Cause better. Because, truthfully, it is—I mean, you can make ice cream, your own ice cream cakes and all that stuff, but it's really hard to replicate that— wonderful gravelly yeah you can't do it i've tried yeah Yeah. right and then the gel like (laughs) there's so many different it's not just the ice cream it's that (laughs) oily i don't know what is in the outside of that cake but and then the the flowers like they never melt Uh, anyway so yeah it's special it's special it's special so okay so we are true fans of the carvel cake but we want to talk about other cakes too maybe give people like a little bit of inspiration if you want to have a birthday cake in addition to say yeah well and i have a few ideas because now like i said now i have a child and so i am now the birthday cake maker rather than the birthday cake recipient so sarah humphreys (laughs) do you have a website don't have a website. I have nothing. I have nothing. I mean, you know, I have a LinkedIn account, but no, I don't. And I, it's actually something that is, is absolutely on my list. And I do know that if I ever make a website, I will use Squarespace because I have very good anecdotal evidence that it is 
absolutely easy to use and makes really beautiful websites. I know a couple of friends who have done their wedding websites through Squarespace. Oh, that's and, such a good um, idea. Yeah, and I and and they've really turned out like quite quite gorgeous. So if I if I ever get to that number seven hundred forty five <laughs> item on my to do list, which I will someday, I will. I will absolutely use Squarespace to build my website. Okay, well, if listeners want to follow your lead and start their own website, they can start a free trial today at squarespace.com. And if they decide to sign up, they should make sure to use the offer code REALSIMPLE to get 10% off the first purchase. Okay, so let's talk about Birthday Cake Maker. Mm -hmm. What kinds of cakes have you begun making that have turned into hits? So I basically alternate between two cakes. Okay. Because I am I'm not a super ambitious baker. I mean, I I love eating baked goods and I like baking, but I'm not I'm not going to spend like 2 days on a cake. I work with someone. Do you know you know Brenda? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Sometime you, need, you should talk to Brenda about her birthday cakes that she makes for her wife every year. Yeah. They're insane. She makes like full on sort of like cake boss style sculptural cakes. This is not what I do. That's I actually my, I do not do that. My stepson's friend's dad who we're we're friends with now is super into making like full on like Minecraft cakes yeah. and like and you know with fondant everything's sculpted. He has like structural dowels throughout the whole thing. It's, un- it's it's crazy. I think she made one this year that looked like a hamburger, like a giant ha- it, it really looked like a hamburger. Oh my gosh. She or she did one that looked like the sound of music. I mean, it was crazy, crazy, crazy. Okay, crazy. so if you're not spending two days, so but if you just want like a straight ahead classic layer cake, birthday cake with really moist layers and beautiful frosting, and is not going to make you cry while you're making yep. it. I have two versions. Okay, I have a chocolate version and orange versions. <laughs> I should say. So one is a an orange juice cake. That is the non-chocolate version. Okay. Which is so, so good and ridiculously simple. And I should say about both these cakes, what I love about them is they are really one bowl sort of fares. These are oil cakes, not butter cakes. So everything So just, everything's gonna be nice and moist. Everything not is gonna, super okay. moist, mixed in one bowl. And the orange juice cake, it obviously has orange juice in the batter and also sour cream, which is a combo that makes it really, really moist and tangy and basically irresistible. And I just frost that with like a simple vanilla buttercream and I could eat the whole thing. If you want to get fancy, you could like candy some orange slices to put on top. But you'd be good to go. Yeah. And I I made that from – that's the cake I made for my son's first birthday and people went insane about it. You can do it as a layer cake. You can make it as a sheet cake. You could make it as cupcakes. It can do anything. Okay. Can you taste the orange? You can. Okay. Yeah. And it's not an overpowering flavor, but it's a definite citrus flavor. And like I said, it's more of like a tender tanginess than anything else. Okay. The second one, which has now become the most requested cake by my child because he's he wants chocolate everything, is, again, like a super, this is probably a version of a cake our grandmothers made, a super traditional, easy, hot water chocolate cake. Okay. So it's a, it's more or less the recipe that you find on the back of the Hershey's cocoa powder box with like a few minor tweaks. 
And again, it uses oil, vegetable oil, instead of butter in the batter. You make it all in one big bowl. And the last step is adding boiling water to the batter. What does and that do? It blooms the cocoa to oh. kind of like help it all get absorbed. I also, I mean, it keeps it really moist. Yeah. And the batter seems, it seems wrong when you do it because when you put it into the pan, it seems so liquid. Yeah. That you're like, this is not going to work, but it does work. And I almost, I have no scientific evidence to back this up. I should have done better research, but... <laughs> It almost is like it steams it in a way that the, oh, the yeah. crumb is like super, super light and tender. I like to add a little pinch of espresso powder to the batter. You don't really taste it. It's not going to make everyone have like a caffeine fit. Right, right. But it just kind of brings out the chocolatey flavor even more. And in fact, I, you know, some people like to substitute some of the boiling water with hot coffee. It's the same kind of idea. Yeah, yeah. But again, it's a recipe that works as a sheet cake or layer cake or cupcakes and you can double it or whatever you want to do. Oh, yeah. You that's, can do like that's pretty the much other thing. I think that's like, especially with, it's very hard if you're trying to make a bigger version of something in any for any recipe, but especially with baking. And if you have these one bowl yeah. things, the idea that you can actually you can actually do that without totally screwing it up. I don't know nice. if you remember. So my son's birthday was back in January and there was like a week where all I was doing yeah. was like, I made this. You were baking const. You were baking from like <laughs> eight a.m. Like till midnight. Things, right. and then we had a family birthday party, and then we had friends over. But, but then this, you also had like work assignments, and I had to do work with assignments. But for my son's all of his various birthday things, I made that chocolate batter maybe five times that week, and it was so e- so easy. You can do it at like nine thirty at night and still have time to like binge watch a couple shows. That's key, too. Yeah. There's a lot that gets done between, like, 9, especially at your house, but sometimes at my house, yeah. too, between, like, 9.30 and midnight. Yeah. Like, that's the time. That's the really productive time. Exactly. It's so sad. So you need to be, do, be able to do it in your pajamas when you're half asleep. I learn a lot from Sarah Kay on this show, but I'm always excited to learn more, especially when it comes to food and cooking. And so I'm very excited to tell you about this new video learning service called The Great Courses Plus. It has hundreds of videos and courses on the site where you can learn about everything from art history to sciences. So you can go back to college for a little bit if you want. That sounds good. (laughs) But I really want to tell you about a course called The Everyday Gourmet, Rediscovering the Lost Art of Cooking. So this course teaches you the same sort of things that Sarah Kay teaches you. But if you feel like you can't get enough from Sarah Kay. If if I'm not not getting the job done. (laughs) Everything from food prep techniques to how to expand your palate, which we don't talk about too much yeah. in the show. I think our palates are quite expanded. But anyway, it's it's a really interesting thing to check out. And now, The Great Courses Plus is offering you a chance to stream hundreds of their courses, including The Everyday Gourmet, which is a $235 value for free when you use the special URL. Go to thegreatcoursesplus.com slash cooks. That's thegreatcoursesplus.com slash cooks. Okay, so if you want to have a special birthday cake, but you don't actually want to bake, and you don't have parents that will go to Whalen Square Bakery and pick up a cake for you, mm-hmm. you have some really cool ideas. Yeah, so we did. We had some fun recently in our test kitchen, playing around with some ideas of like what you could do with a store bought, like kind of just your average store bought sh- birthday cake sheet cake how you could dress it up or transform it. 
if that's really all you have time or uh, energy for, uh, how could you not make it look like every other birthday cake that someone, you know, picks up at the last minute? So we went, we actually went to Costco and bought a lot, <laughs> a lot, a lot, a lot of their bake, plain bakery sheet cakes, chocolate ones, vanilla ones. And they're actually really good. I mean, the cakes themselves. Yeah. Uh, are great. So there's I love there's no shame there. Oh, I love that stuff. But we had some fun playing around with ideas of how to like make them unrecognizable. And two of my favorites, one was a we have one vanilla version and one chocolate version. So I'll give you one of each. So for the vanilla cake, what we did was we used like a six inch cake round, which you can order from Amazon or, they, have, you know, if you live near a baking supply store, they're pretty easy to get. It's like a giant cookie cutter. Almost, okay. Like a big six-inch diameter cutter okay. round. And we used that to cut mini cakes out of the giant vanilla sheet cake. And I so we started with a plain vanilla cake with vanilla icing. And we, we scraped anything off of it that was like flowers or decoration. Okay. So that's all you have. And what you do is you take one of those six-inch rounds and you put it on a platter or, you know, a cake stand or whatever. And with the frosting facing up, and then you stack another one on top of it. Oh. So what was the top You're going frosting? Vertical. Yeah, what was the top frosting of the bottom layer becomes like the middle layer of frosting in a layer cake. And then all you have to do is frost it the outside. And what do you use? Like I mean, frosting? you could make your own frosting, right? Or if this is really like you're not doing anything, you can you can use canned frosting. I mean, I would look for one that doesn't have partially hydrogenated yeah. whatever in there, but there those do exist these days. And we we tested it that way so we could see how it would come out both ways. And um, you can separate your frosting into two. So you put half your frosting in one bowl. Say you're using a white frosting and half in another tint one of the frostings of pretty color, a turquoise or a pale pink. And when you're frosting the cake, you kind of swirl it on half plain frosting, half colored frosting, uh -huh. and frost it together, and it almost has this, like, watercolor look. Oh, pretty. And what you're left with in the end is this watercolor frosted layer cake, which you can decorate with sprinkles or little, you know, those tiny little meringue mini cookies? Yes. You put those on top of the cake. It looks like piping. Yep. It's gorgeous. I mean, it looks like a store-bought cake that you paid someone $50 to make. And really all you've done is stack a couple layers of cake on top of each other and frost them. It's like an art project. And it is. It's more crafting than right. baking. And it would be amazing for, like, a bridal shower or a baby shower or something like that. It really looks like a fancy cake that really is just made of Costco components. Okay, so what's the chocolate version? So the chocolate version we left as a sheet cake, and we scraped, again, all of the <laughs> adornment right. off the top. Who ate that frosting? Uh, I'm not telling. <laughs> I totally would have been in there. <laughs> you know what? Actually, you, you like do you I would have gotten like, like eight of these cakes, yeah. and you really don't want to. Do I would have it gotten anymore, myself but... like a cookie and like <laughs> used it as a dip, chip and dip. So you scrape the frosting down until it's just a thin layer of chocolate frosting all over the cake. So chocolate cake, thin layer of chocolate frosting, and you use a chopstick or the tip of a you know a dull part of a butter knife to kind of trace a pattern on the surface of the cake. It should be a 
linear geometric pattern. We did sort of chevron okay. zigzag shape on it. And then we got a bunch of bags of Hershey Kisses. We used dark chocolate kisses and the hugs, if you know what those are, which are like the white chocolate oh, ones yeah. that have like a little stripe on them. Yeah. And we, you stud the entire, you use that, the lines that you've drawn as your guide, and you basically stud the entire surface of oh the cake gosh. with Hershey Kisses. And we did stripes of white and dark. So it looked really graphic. And I got to say, so this was probably, this is a large sheet cake that we were testing it with, probably 10 inches by 15 inches or something like that. And we used over 300 Hershey Kisses. I was going to say, the amount of time you spend unwrapping the Hershey Kisses. It didn't, the unwrapping was the most labor-intensive part. But the rest of it took maybe 20 minutes. And it is so incredible looking in the end. And all you're doing is sticking candy on a cake. Yeah. It's just all about the presentation. You could do like a bullseye. You could do a bullseye. You could write someone's name. You could do a number. Yeah. Okay. All right. So you enlist your kids to unwrap the Hershey Kisses, and then you use them to... Yeah. yeah, And you could do, you know, you could unwrap the couple days before you just put them in the fridge. It's not going to hurt anything. That makes sense. Okay. So the no-cook cakes, like, so we we have Costco hacks, or supermarket hacks, I should say. Yeah, it doesn't have to be Costco. Anywhere. But Costco Um, is good. All right. And then we have the no-cook cake. I've talked about this on other podcasts. Like, the icebox cake is just, it's like, it's a hit every time. It's those, it's the Nabisco famous chocolate wafers, which are very important. And if you see them at a store, you buy them in bulk because you need to, you need to You can't always find them. You can't always find them. It's really hard when you can't find them. So these delicious, very rich, thin, crispy chocolate wafers and then whipped cream. And you just layer like five wafers on a plate, just not layered. Put them on the put them on the plate, and then dollop a bunch of whipped cream, and you just keep going on and on and on until you get as high as you want to get. And I brought it to a, a dinner party like two weeks ago, and people were like, "What is this? What?" You know, it's like. And then my sister in law emailed me yesterday to say, um, "She's been she gave up sweets for Lent," and she said. Uh, when I see you in a few weeks, would you mind? I'm going to break Lent with with that cake. And my stepson calls it the Darth Vader cake because we have it for his birthday every year, and I have a Darth Vader candle that we put on top. So anyway, it's like such a hit. It's so easy. It takes about 20 minutes to make, and then you put it in the freezer. And the wafers just kind of like melt into the whipped cream. Yeah, they, they like... start tasting like cake, basically. You slice it. It's really beautiful. It's just like black and white striped. And the wafers soften up a little bit, and they just absorb the whipped cream. And the whipped cream, frozen whipped cream, is so delicious. So anyway, there's the no, there's the no cook version. And then we've talked about a few easy bake cakes, but let's end on a few more. Yeah, I mean, I I'll just go back to the idea that I think really, if you find a, a recipe that you like that uses oil, whether that's olive oil or vegetable oil, in the cake so that you can do it all in one bowl, that is going to be like your surest path to happiness. And it oil really keeps a cake so tender. I mean, butter is great. Don't get me wrong. Butter is great. But by and large, these olive, olive oil cakes especially, maybe we don't think of for birthdays, but they can work just as well. It doesn't have to be a loaf. You can make that in rounds. It would be so nice to do layer a couple olive oil rounds on top of each other with like an orange, fr- you know, a really pungent 
tangy orange cream cheese frosting or something oh my like God, that. that. Sounds delicious. Um, or lemon cream cheese frosting. And then, you know, another thing that's not really typically a, a birthday cake, but I say give it a shot is an upside down cake. Oh, I mean, I th- they're they're coming back a little bit. I wouldn't you say? I would. I mean, and uh, you know why? Because who doesn't love like a classic upside down cake? I've made a pi- pineapple upside down cake. It was so good. It's so good. It's so easy. You can use again one pan. And it doesn't have to. I mean, pineapple is great. It will never get old. But you can use so many different kinds of fruit. And the truth is you can use so many different kinds of cake, too. It does. You can use a spice cake or you could do it with a version of chocolate. I, I made a chocolate and cherry upside down cake once. It was so good. So you can you can really play around with it. But the idea is that you don't have to use every pan in your kitchen. Right. Right. And you can come out with a cake that's really moist and delicious and you're not like it's not a fail (laughs) so thank you so much for joining us today for things cooks know we'd like to thank our producer Kristen Meinzer our engineer Zach Dinerstein and our editor Tim Einenkel if you enjoyed the episode please subscribe on iTunes for a million more great cooking and baking tips and tricks you can head to realsimple.com and if you have topics you'd like us to cover next time you can tweet them to us at Sarah P. Humphreys or at S.Q. Karn we'll be back next week